0: WPCast, the professional WordPress podcast for WordPress entrepreneurs. I'm David.
1: And I'm Doug. This is episode 14, a beginner's guide to using WordPress multi-site. Let's get started with the changelog. So what have you been up to, David?
0: I've been thinking about hiring a part-time QA and support guy. So support right now is handled by basically the entire team, which means mostly developers. And I read this blog post by Joel Spolsky on trollandsoftware.com and we're going to link this up in the show notes. So this blog post is actually from the year 2000. It's 14 years old, but there's still some really good stuff in there. And he's basically talking about hiring QA guys. And the point that he's making is he's gaming that you should actually hire one QA guy for every two full time developers that you have. So I was thinking about that because I do spend quite a bit of my time, you know, QAing stuff that my developers do. And I think I'm doing a very thorough job with it. But, you know, having somebody whose sole responsibility is to QA stuff, I think would just be really nice. So I'm thinking of hiring somebody on ODesk for, you know, maybe a couple hours or so, probably following the blueprint that we've outlined in, I think, our second episode where we talk about hiring employees. And I'm also thinking of having the QA guy take over, you know, the majority of kind of like first line of support so that my developers can can actually focus more on building new stuff instead of, you know, constantly going back and forth with customers. Cool. What about you, Doug?
1: So uh, we just want to say thanks for the three new five-star reviews we got. So thank you to Cape Dave, Wudenski and Phil Dirksen. We really appreciate these reviews. It helps us get more listeners in iTunes.
0: Thanks, guys. So apparently one of them um, said he likes my accent.
1: Yeah. So that was uh, Wudensky. So... <laughs>
0: Thanks, Budensky. So <laughs> I we're going to keep
1: that in. <laughs> David, don't lose your accent. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's move on to the core. Uh, this week we we're talking about uh, WordPress multisite. So I personally don't have a lot of experience with it, but Doug is very experienced. You've been using it for many years. So uh, what is multisite?
1: Multisite is uh, a single install of WordPress. So you've got a single database and one copy of every theme and plugin but you're actually running multiple websites off of that so you have different dashboards and if you change like plugin settings on one site it doesn't affect the other sites
0: right but the file structure is um the same for all of the sites if you were to edit the php of one of the plugins it would affect all of the sites yeah so this hasn't been part of wordpress at all times right
1: it was a, actually, a separate code base for a long time, up until uh, WordPress 3.0. I don't remember exactly when that was. Three or four years, maybe.
0: Time goes by fast.
1: Yeah. So it was actually it was it was a separate code base that was you know, when I started. It was something like you know 95 percent the same, and they were slowly merging it into core. And it used to be called WPMU, the MU, you know, for, for multi-site. I I don't actually recall what that the U stands for.
0: <laughs> so I always, I always used to think that it's called uh, WordPress multi-user, but it doesn't really make sense. But that's what wow. I thought that MU stands for. I think that
1: might have been the, the case back then. The terminology has been changing a little bit. Like, for example, it's called network admin, if you have access to the entire install. And before mm-hmm. it used to be called super admin, and there were some other terminology that's changed a bit. So it might be a little confusing if you're looking stuff up online that might be outdated.
0: Okay. And just uh, to mention, I think it's actually somewhat interesting that they did end up merging WPMU into WordPress core because as we'll discuss uh, during this episode, this is actually a little bit of an it's it's a very rare feature where I don't have any stats, but I would be surprised if like if even one percent or so of WordPress sites out there actually are multisites. So in some ways it is surprising that um, such an obscure feature made it into the core.
1: Yeah, you know there there are a lot of multisites out there, and that number will probably grow mainly because it was confusing to begin with, and just it's it's harder to set up, and I think it'll always be more complicated, and and also a lot of people only have one site. Or, you know, if you only have two sites, then it doesn't make sense to right. the extra trouble of setting up the installation. Right.
0: So what are the actual reasons or what are the pros of, you know, using WordPress multi-site instead of just using a normal WordPress install?
1: So most of these pros are if you have a lot of sites, you know, I would say ten plus sites, then you really start to see the benefits of of multi-site. So one of them is that your user login is the same for all these sites. And, you know, if you were to make separate single-site installs, you'd probably end Mm -hmm. up using the same username and password anyway. If you were more secure, then you could use different ones. But one of the nice things about this is you have – it's actually one user account. It's not the same username on different installs. So if you want to change your password or update your – your name or your website, you only have to do that once on one user account. Whereas if you were managing ten or twenty or a hundred installs and you want to change those things, you'd have to go in and log in for each one.
0: Right. So basically it's less work to manage and, you know, to keep the sites up to date and that also means that if you install a plugin or you know you add a new theme it immediately becomes available to all of your sites that are part of this multi-site install instead of you having to go and upload a theme to you know 10 or 20 different sites which can quite can be quite a bit of work
1: yeah and especially if it's more than 10 or 20 and if you're if you have separate logins you know separate ftp accounts and all that stuff it really Starts to add up, and it get you know, may get to the point where you won't install something on these older sites just because it's it's not worth the effort.
0: Okay, and there's a plugin called Multi Site Plugin Manager that you recommend, right?
1: Yeah, so this one allows you to restrict plugins for different sites. For example, you may want to install a plugin and just use it for one site, or you know maybe you're just testing it out, mm-hmm. or you don't want to make an you may want to use it on your main site, but if you have clients that you're hosting on some of these other sites, you don't want them to be able to use it. Okay. So for plugins like that, you can actually use Multi-Site Plugin Manager, and I think there's other similar plugins, yeah. but essentially you just make it available to the network admin, and right. you turn it off for all other sites, and they won't see it in their dashboard, so they can't activate it.
0: Yeah, and another pro that we've got here is cloning sites can be easy, and you recommend the NS NSCloner plugin, right?
1: Yeah, this, this one I've been using for, for a little while and it's been uh, very seamless and I haven't had any, any trouble with it. Essentially, what you do is take an existing site and just clone the whole thing so it copies all the files and uh, all the content and you have a brand new site. Well, it's... You know, it's a, it's a new site, but it's it's a copy.
0: That is kind of cool. Um, I do think you can do it with um, some other services like Manage WP. I think. Let's you do some of the stuff that we've mentioned here in the pros, I think in particular, like cloning sites. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the cons, the possible disadvantages about using WordPress multi-site for a bit. First of all, as we said before, You've got one master login for all of the sites on your network, which is the uh, network admin. But that also makes the site a little yeah. bit more vulnerable because you're using, you have one single login for all of the sites, so that can be a bit of a security issue.
1: Yeah, so it's it's mainly around that network admin user account. So if you don't have a good password, or you know, if if your install isn't properly secured, then people can get into one account and then have access to everything. So you do have to, I think you have to be a lot more careful with security on a multi-site install.
0: Yeah. Also, WordPress multi-site has a higher learning curve. So I've uh, noticed that myself. I've played with a couple of multi-site Installs recently. And when you're just used to the normal WordPress admin backend, it just can be a little bit confusing because you've got like different types of menu items in the sidebar. And, you know, even configuring plugins and stuff like that, some of that, you know, happens globally in the network admin screen. And then you have to like switch to the individual sites. So it's just slightly confusing when you're not used to it.
1: Yeah. So another one that uh, is a con for multi site is that there are some plugins that are incompatible. And what this comes down to is that multi-site installs are structured a little bit differently. The folder structure for uploads is different and the, the tables in the database may be named differently or structured differently. So if you have a plugin that accesses some of these tables or the folder structure in a way that's built only for single sites, then it may break on, on a multi-site install.
0: Yeah. This means that there also might be an opportunity, you know, to develop uh, multi-site specific plugins, you know, maybe in a business model or something yeah. like that.
1: I don't think it's that hard to make your plugin compatible for multi-site, but if you've yeah. never used multi-site then, you know, maybe you don't you don't know to uh, to do it.
0: Right. So, multi-site can be a bit difficult to set up so there's different ways in which, you know, you can decide make the URL structure so you can use subdomains or you can use uh, subdirectories. And yeah, do you want to tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so if, if you use subdomains, then you have to set up wildcard subdomains and uh, you may have to enable this at your host and then you'll have to make some changes to your DNS. And this is something that's not uh, necessarily obvious when setting it up. And I'm sure lots of people have run into this issue and you know, and just spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do it.
0: So, um there's a plugin that you recommend, right?
1: Yeah, there's a plugin a domain mapping plugin and pretty much if you if you want to use different domain names and top-level domains instead of subdomains on your install, then you need some kind of domain mapping plugin to make it work. And the one I I use and recommend is called uh, WordPress MU Domain Mapping. And we'll link up to this in the show notes.
0: So, next con, uh, if you edit a theme or a plugin file, it affects all of the sites on your network that use that uh, theme or plugin. And I guess this this could also be seen as an. I'm not. It depends on your use case. I'm not sure if this necessarily is a disadvantage, but that's just something that you have to be aware of, right? Yeah, I
1: think you know if if you're applying a fix, then it's a good thing. Um, you know, if there's uh, you know something with a plugin that's broken and you need to fix it and there's not an update, then you, you'll be able to fix it on all the sites. But one of the things that a lot of people do when editing their theme is to edit the theme file itself or you know maybe use a child theme, but if you have that child theme enabled on multiple sites, then you are actually making that change for all those sites. And if you need the site to look identical, then that's a good thing. But if you're using this for client sites, for example. Yeah. And you make customization specifically for one client and another client is actually using the same theme, then you you may be changing it without without even knowing it.
0: Hmm. Next issue, migrating single sites in and out of multi-sites is a pain. So if you've got a multi-site and you want to take one of the sites and spin it out into a single site install it can be a little bit of a challenge and a lot of work.
1: So I you know, I have a, you know a SOP standard operating procedure for what I do with that, but it still involves a bunch of manual work and it's not my favorite thing in the world to do.
0: Yeah, so maybe it would also be interesting if anybody's listening to this and you know, would like access to the SOP, you know, maybe you can publish it as a blog post or something like that. So if you are yeah. interested, maybe leave a comment and we'll try to get it to you.
1: Yeah, so another issue with multi-site is that only network admins can install themes and plugins. And so this is sometimes a good thing for security reasons you don't want. If you have clients or employees or something, then you don't necessarily want them to be able to install that kind of stuff. But on another level, if somebody wants a theme or plugin, then they have to request that you install it for them. And depending on your policy, you may or may not want to do that.
0: Yeah, that can be a liability, right? If you've got like a couple hundred plugins on your site or something like that. Yeah,
1: you probably can't run too many plugins on a multi-site it's you know each one that you add uh adds up to to more resource usage
0: last issue so multi-site hosting is not always that straightforward there's issues with some hosts not allowing it or it being more expensive what are your recommendations here Doug?
1: so i wouldn't recommend using shared hosting for a multi-site install unless you just have a few sites in there Relatively light sites, you know, where, you know, you don't have a lot of content or traffic or need a lot of different plugins. Because as you add more sites, the traffic and the files, database, all that stuff, it tends to get bigger than if you had them all in separate sites. You know, if you added up all the database sizes together, then, you know, it can get pretty uh, overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So you're using Flywheel, right?
1: Yeah. I think Flywheel, from my research, seems to be the best choice for managed WordPress hosting for multi-site and essentially both in terms of support and for price I feel that Synthesis doesn't support multi-site anymore at least not officially so I wouldn't recommend them for for multi-site for single site I think they're still good and WP Engine supports multi-site but I think their price for traffic is, is a bit high
0: yeah so that can add up if you've got a lot of sites getting a decent amounts of traffic. so I think we already made it clear that um you know setting up those multi-site installs is not always necessarily you know that straightforward. So when should you actually go through the troubles and set up multi-site?
1: So I think you know the obvious reason is if you have a lot of sites, you know for example, if you had ten plus sites and you were using the same themes and plugins on those sites or or there's a lot of overlap between the ones that you use.
0: So maybe maybe a specific example here would be where maybe you've got like a network of blogs about, you know, like one is about web apps and one is about iPhone apps and one is about Android apps and you, you kind of got like a network of blogs with, you know, writers and you're going to have like similar designs and all those kind of things. It probably makes sense to use multi-site in, in this case.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarity, I think it, it makes sense. But, you know, you can also have sites on the install that look completely different and use completely different plugins. The main problem is if the more sites you have and the more diversity between them, then it, you know, the, the install gets bigger and bigger and then it it can get a little bit uh tough to manage.
0: Right. So, you need a lot of sites. It's not worth it for two or three. You... There needs to be a significant overlap in themes and plugins. There's probably no point if one of them is a, you know, online shop and the other one is a normal blog or something like that because you're going to use completely different plugins and themes on there. Also, you really have to know what you're doing. We've already talked about this, that it's not always that straightforward to maintain those kind of installs, so you better know what you're doing. Can you think of other specific examples? I mean, you're, using, you're basically using multi-site in your business, right?
1: Yeah, so this is you know, similar to... You know, a web agency. Whereas, you know, certain agencies where you have, where you have customers with a lot of highly custom needs, you know, large traffic sites, maybe e-commerce sites and and stuff like that, then multi-site is probably not the best option. But if you're doing a lot of small sites, they don't need a lot of features outside of a certain core set of plugins, and you tend to use the same themes for those sites without a lot of customization or you're only using CSS customizations, then it can be uh, pretty useful to host those clients on your multi-site.
0: That makes sense. When should you not use multi-site then?
1: So similar to what we mentioned before, if, if you're only using a couple of sites and you're using very different themes and plugins on those sites, then there's not a lot of overlap and you're probably better off using separate installs for those sites.
0: Right. And, you, you know, some of the advantages that we mentioned earlier, like, you know, making it easier to keep everything up to date, um, you can use other solutions such as Manage WP as well to get some of those nice features if you don't want to use multi-sites, so they might be worth checking out.
1: Criticisms about Managed WP is that it gets pretty expensive when you have a ton of sites. And if you have kind of like a lower number of sites, you know, maybe maybe 10 or 20 sites, then maybe it actually makes more sense to use Managed WP than multi-site when you're kind of in that space where it's you know it's taking a noticeable amount of time to manage them, but it's not the case where you're you're making, you know, tons and tons and it and mm-hmm. something like manage WP can get really expensive.
0: Yeah. I think it's also a bad idea to use multi-site if you use it for customer sites and they want to have lots of customization options. You know, they want to, you know, install whatever plugins and themes they want, then it's just not really going to work and the customers are not going to be happy. Uh, So if they are, you know, advanced users of WordPress, they're probably not going to be happy not being able to install the kind of plugins that they like.
1: Yeah, and similarly, if if they need things like FTP access or database access, that's something that you can't or don't want to give them because on a multi-set install, you're giving them access to the other stuff that's on that network so your other sites that are either your own or your other customers and generally that's not something you would give give out
0: also um, when you need a ton of plugins between all of the sites so when we are talking about 100 plugins or even more between those sites it might be a bad idea um, why is that so dark?
1: so the more plugins you have the more it adds to the maintenance as well as the actual load time and i, I believe this this usually affects more the admin side than the public facing side, because, you know, you could have a hundred plugins installed and not active, and, you know, that shouldn't impact your site load by much. But on the admin side, these things can can add up, and, you know, depending on which ones you have active, what plugins you're actually using, that kind of thing. And, and ultimately, it just gets to be more work when you have more plugins to manage, and if you have if you have separate sites using completely different plugins, then it kind of makes sense to keep them separate from each other. That makes sense. Also, if you don't have the infrastructure to support multi-site, either if you don't have a proper web host with with the resources necessary, or you don't have the technical skill, or want to hire somebody with the, te- the technical skill to support a multi-site installation, it is more complicated to set up and manage than a single site or multiple single-site installs.
0: Yeah. And uh, like a last point when you should not be using multi-site is, which I'm not sure if that actually inspired um, this blog, uh, this podcast topic, but I saw somebody in a forum post um, the other day that he basically was setting up multi-site just because he had like a marketing website and then he had a blog and he wanted a different design for the blog than for the marketing website. So it was considered multi-site you know, while still keeping them on the same domain. And that's obviously, it's not a good way to go.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that too. If if you have just two sites, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, in in some cases, you may actually be able to pull that off with a single site. You know, there's ways to run different designs for different sections of your website. So depending on your, you know, your URL structure, if if you want it to be a subdomain, then you, you need to run a separate install. But if you... If you're making it a a subdirectory of the same site, then you can probably just get away with with integrating it with the same installation.
0: Okay, let's move on to the tips and tricks. This week, the tool that I'm recommending is called Balsamic. It's at balsamic.com. Balsamic is a wireframing software that I use to just you know really easily and quickly create you know rough wireframes of software projects that I'm working on. And the reason that I'm using Balsamic, even though um, I've also got design tools such as sketch or photoshop that that you you know create more detailed designs is you just really can't beat the speed of balsamic i think They have a lot of, you know, user interface elements uh, pre-built that you can just drag and drop around. And I'm just so fast uh, building mockups in Balsami compared to any of the other tools, you know, probably five or ten times as fast. So to me, it's totally worth it. You do have a software as a service version where I think you pay like $12 a month and, you know, you can like share the mockups with multiple people or you can also use the desktop app. That's what I'm using. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it.
1: Cool. So my recommendation for this week is an app called Flux. And the site, it's F.LUX. And what this does is it automatically dims your screen and changes the colors as night falls. And essentially, what you use this for is to reduce eye strain. Because, you know, we, like most people who are probably listening, spend a lot of time staring at their computers, and especially at night. And as the night goes on in a few If you are, you know, going to go to sleep soon, then uh, you you want less strain on your eyes.
0: Yeah. So I'm using Flux as well. I've been using it for a couple of years and I would highly recommend it. One thing to note, though, since it is going to, you know, make your screen yellow, orange-ish, if you're a graphic designer and you're messing with color schemes, (laughs) don't turn it on. You've got to be careful with that because otherwise, of course, your your color uh, scheme is going to be way off
1: yeah this has happened to me a couple of times where i I designed something <laughs> and uh you know close my computer at night and when I wake up in the morning it's like I, I look at it and it's like oh that wasn't that doesn't that doesn't look like what I did
0: yeah, so you gotta watch out and I do feel that flux um, has reduced the strain on my eyes noticeably
1: so that's it for this episode. You can leave a comment or voicemail. And find the show notes with links at wpcast.fm/slash multisite. If you like this episode, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye-bye.